Holy Father, in this season of change, we thank you. Gracious God, in this season of uncertainty, we trust you. Abba Father, our Daddy, we know that you will take care of your children, and so we thank you. I ask you today, O oh God, to just be with me as I deliver this word. A word from the heart. You have allowed me to pin it into a way that's palatable. And I thank you, Father God, for this opportunity to share in the good news, the gospel, the freedom, salvation. We thank you, God, for the grace that you so often afford us that we don't deserve. But nonetheless, it's your grace to give. We thank you, O oh God, for bringing our members back safely to the house. We thank you, Lord, for their safe and travel graces that you afforded them. We thank you for each and every member who is here every week. As often as they are here, we appreciate all that you do to get them here any way you can. I ask you, God, to just bless us individually and collectively as a church. Be with us, Lord God, as we continue this journey that you have called us to walk. Keep us on the straight and narrow path, Lord God, that you would have us on. Thank you, God, for choosing us, selecting us out of the crowd to be set apart, to do the work. We thank you, God, for the opportunity to serve. We are servants first. And we thank you for calling us to serve a people in such a time as this. We honor you today, God. Holy Spirit, come. Stay with us. Be with us. Keep us. Let these words that come from the clay of my lips touch the hearts and minds of those who hear it. And may they receive this word in love. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. If you'll turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 9. And we're going to start reading from verse 19. And we're going to read through verse 23. First Corinthians chapter 9, verses 19 through 23. I'll be reading from the NLT. 
New Living Translation, that is. <laughs> That's the New Lesbian Translation, but the New Living Translation. Hallelujah. <laughs> Even though I am a free man with no master, I have become a slave to all people to bring many to Christ. When I was with the Jews, I lived like a Jew to bring the Jews to Christ. When I was with those who follow the Jewish law, I too lived under that law. Even though I am not subject to the law, I did this so I could bring to Christ those who are under the law. When I am with the Gentiles who do not follow the Jewish law, I too live apart from that law so I can bring them to Christ. But I do not ignore the law of God. I obey the law of Christ. When I am with those who are weak, I share their weakness. For I want to bring, for I want to bring the weak to Christ. Yes, I try to find common ground with everyone, doing everything I can to save some. I do everything to spread the good news and share in its blessings. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading, hearers, doers, and believers. Maybe seated in his presence. I don't know about you all, but I have gone through some trends that I didn't choose. Even tried to relate or adapt to others. Trying to adjust my life to be relevant to theirs. A very slippery slope. How do we relate in such a changing world? What seems to be relevant in the circles we keep? How does one relate to another? Do we go back to school to re-educate ourselves? Learn the latest and greatest forms of technology or the hip sayings or follow the trends? Do we take a class on something that appears to be relevant to the times in which we live? How do you relate? Which brings me to my message for today. Can you relate? Can you relate? The world is moving faster than we can keep up sometimes. Facts have even changed. <laughs> the history books we once learned in grade school have been revised. <laughs> Go figure that one. Pluto is no longer a planet. Imagine that. So I guess now we have eight. <laughs> the Earth is not flat. Christopher Columbus did not discover America. Why do we still celebrate the holiday? 
The world began with brown-skinned people. Bet you won't hear that preached behind the pulpit. And then evolved into lighter shades of people as time progressed. Slavery did not begin with the white folks. Jesus was a dark-skinned man. John describes him in Revelation chapter 1. As Christians, how do we relate to others in this era of time in which we live? And it goes back to the conversation we had before church. Are these people really called to do this thing? Are they, are they teachers of the law? Are they preachers of what? What, what are they? And, 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 and I'm not seeing the evidence. I'm not seeing the evidence. Our first initiative should always be to do the will of God. Amen? Amen. And then we glorify God as we edify others. When people identify us with titles, it can easily place us in a box. It can easily imprison us or place limits on us. Even short changes. We know that titles connect us. They help us to relate to others. They help us to relate to certain subject matters. They help us to be relevant to our culture. They help us to be relevant to our circles. They help us to be relevant at work. They help us to be relevant at church. How is it that with all these titles that people have and carry, that we are so disconnected and appear to be irrelevant. Can you relate? God tells us in Romans 12 and 2, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. And since God doesn't want us to conform to the pattern of the world, then how are we supposed to win souls for Christ? <laughs> God, you make this thing difficult. Paul teaches us in our lesson today that we can become a slave to all people to bring many to Christ. In other words, we try to find common ground with everyone doing everything we can to save all, mm -mm. some. You can't help everybody. You just can't. It doesn't matter how hard you try. You could beat your head up against a brick wall, bleed until you bleed to death, and still not make a difference in that person's life. Nothing you do, nothing you say is going to change their minds. So what do you do? You leave them to God. Paul teaches us in this lesson today that we can be all things to all people. Do everything within our God-given freedom 
to spread the good news and win those souls so they too can share in the blessings in which we share. Amen? But we must remain free from any philosophical position or material entanglement that might sidetrack us from our purpose. There are a lot of distractions going on in our world today. But we can't allow those distractions to negate our relevance for existing and our purpose. How do you relate to someone with a different religious practice? <laughs> Baptist, Methodist, Episcopalian, Catholic, Protestant, etc. Told you, Church of Christ, you name it. There's a whole lot of Nazarene. Uh, the only church we got is here. Uh, the only church we got is this. Uh, the only church Christ loves. You got all kinds of denominations and religions going on out there in the world. With all the dogmatic and belief systems that we have put in place for people to follow, how can we as Christians become all things to all men or persons or people? Are we so dogmatic in our belief until we just turn a potential Christian off? You can't shove Jesus down their throats because God is a free will God. So God says, come willingly and I'll be waiting when you come. We just have to walk the talk. Be the example. Be the Christians we preach about on Sundays. And not just on Sundays, but every day. They hear our Christian talk. But then they also watch what we do. They see us. We, we preach one thing and we live another. My wife calls it preaching right and living wrong. They see our behavior. So how can we become relevant and become a witness to someone who doesn't believe Jesus exists? By our love. They will know we are Christians by our love. We can't have one foot in the church and one foot in the world. We can't straddle the fence. We got to be the hot or cold for God. I don't want him spitting me out. I'm not going to be lukewarm. How can we relate to somebody with a different religious practice? We must begin with God. We must seek God's revelation, not man's religion. What is religion? Wikipedia defines it as any cultural system or designated behaviors and practices, worldviews, texts, sanctified places, ethics or organizations that relate humanity to the supernatural. Clifford G. says he refers to it as a cosmic order. Of existence. However, there is no scholarly consensus over what precisely constitutes a religion. My definition of religion is this a particular belief system 
of worship. What religion do you practice? What denomination do you follow? Can you relate to others with your style of worship or religion to win souls for Christ? Or do they look at you like you have a third eye and go, yeah, she's crazy. I'm walking away. I have found many religious acting people in church. <laughs> but oftentimes I don't see God in their spirit. They are false Very convincing. I mean, they got the face. They got, they got the, the demeanor. They got the Christian knees. And God, I see God. I have seen people buy into it. Because they were so convincing. And they were so dramatic. And he was so sincere looking and so Christian looking, holy looking. What is that? What is relevant in our church today? And how do we connect to others to bring them to Christ? I have found that some new age churches look to attract talent. I prefer to attract spiritually connected people. <laughs> That's a difference. Spiritually connected people typically stay. Talent goes because they're always looking for ways to use their talent. I like productive members in a church. I like working members in a church. I don't like people just sitting around. Now, some people you just have to sit and enjoy and be fed, and that's all right. Everybody's not uh, created to lead, if you will. But be a good support. And that's okay, too. But I like active members. I like to see members doing stuff. I remember when we first started, we were very active. We were in the community. We were doing volunteerism. We were all over the world, seemed like. We were always gone. <laughs> but we had more people to do it. Not to say that we can't still do it with the few people that we have, amen? amen. There's, 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 there's a lot of weight in numbers, but God has to be in it. Well, well. I've been a part of the crowd, but I couldn't find God nowhere in it. I've been a part of a large body of Christ, but I couldn't find Christ nowhere in it. I've been a part of a large, massive church, but God was nowhere in it. God gives you a talent, use it. Amen. I call them gifts. Amen. If he gives you two, produce two more. If he gives you five, produce five more. That's a part of our marketing campaign. The servants that produced, they each produced a hundredfold of what they had. So if they had two and produced two, they produced a hundredfold. So they had five, they produced five, they produced a hundred fold. Nonetheless, each one produced what they had. We got to produce what we have. We have six people here. You can bring two, you can bring two, you can bring two, 
you can bring five, you can bring five, I can bring ten. We're going to put you. Pick them up if you have to. Alleviate, eliminate the excuses. You want to come to church? I need to be there at 9.30 because I got to be at church at 10.30. Be ready. If you're not ready, I'm going to have to leave you. Because I got duties that I got to see about. I got work to do. Romans teaches us that as one body with many members, we don't all have the same function. So whatever your function is, do it well. Do it well. You may not be able to preach like me or pray like First Lady or sing like Sister Marjorie or play the tambourine like Brother Isaiah, but use your talents and gifts that God has given you and be the best version of you. Can you relate? There is a seed in all of us. See, most people forgot I was a seed. They thought I was buried, but God has planted me for a season. Don't get stuck in the mindset of what others think about you. Don't get stuck in the mindset of what others think about you. It don't matter what they think about you. I'm like RuPaul. It ain't none of my business what they say about me. <laughs> but it is my business what God sees in me. We can't let somebody put us in the box because it makes them feel superior because they ain't trying to do nothing with their lives. And don't let them pull you back into your old life because Amen. they feel like, uh, Amen. uh huh. Uh, I can do better. Uh, let me just pull her back in her old life. Or let me pull him back in his old life. Don't let people do that to you. Because if you let them, they will try it. The way of a fool seems right to them, but the wise listen to advice, so listen to wise advice. And as a church, we must relate to wise counsel, not our own version of life, but our version that God gives us. I look at failures as God redirecting us. <laughs> you can do it. Means he wasn't supposed to do that no how. So here we are. We can't make our plans, but the Lord determines our steps. <laughs> Believe that. It's funny how God says relevant things to me <laughs> in the season I'm in. Sometimes I can get too much in my head. First lady have to tell me, you think too much. Just let it go. We're fine. Don't change nothing else. Stop pulling that straws. We good. I was seeking God for answers one day. And I thought about relocating us again. Because <laughs> I'm always in my head trying to figure out a way to grow this church. And I know we've shared stories. I trust God. I believe in God. I have faith in God. Yes, I do. Sometimes we lose our patience with God. Yes, we do. We have to wait on God. Yes, I do. So I thought about us relocating to a more um, reasonable expense. Maybe be more visible. We're so far in the back. 
And then I get this message from God. The next morning, the very next morning, the very next morning, and he said, stay put. Do not give up your territory. Stay put. Do not give up your territory. Thus led us to some marketing strategies this morning that we're going to try, and I need your help. I must continue to preach the gospel and feed God's people, which was God's original instructions for me, Moses. I did get a little off track, as I've shared with you before. I got a little froggy. Got a little happy, got a little country, as they say. When you get some new shoes, just country. You want to okay. wear them out the stove. Remember that back in the day? Who's she country? She wearing her new shoes out the stove. Remember that? It's <laughs> a southern thing. It's <laughs> a southern thing. Well, <laughs> oh, that's old school right there. I took y'all way back then. Woo! Well, she country. She wearing hers out the stove. Take the tag off, put the shoes on. I'm wearing mine out the stove. I got a little country. People started coming. And the crowd started moving in. But it was just the crowd. They weren't hungry. They were hurting. And they needed a place to land. And we gave them that. And we put them back on track. And we sent them out to function as human beings. As Christians who believe God for everything that God said and to negate what the master people said about them. I am the whosoever. That's what the word says. God is saying, go back to the original plan. Go back to the word. Simple, right? In the book of Mark, the apostles returned to Jesus from their ministry tour and told him all they had done and taught. Then Jesus said, let's go off by ourselves to a quiet place and rest a while. Sometimes we have to go off to a quiet place and rest a while. He said this because there were so many people coming and going that Jesus and his apostles didn't even have time to eat. You ever work for your lunch break? <laughs> so they left by boat for a quiet place where they could be alone. But many people recognize them. Many people recognize, see, people will recognize you when you walk with Jesus, when you really walk with Jesus. But many people recognized them and saw them leaving, and people from many towns ran ahead along the shore and got there ahead of them. Jesus saw the huge crowd as he stepped from the boat, and he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without 
the shepherd. <laughs> so he began teaching. <laughs> he began teaching them many things. Late in the afternoon, his disciples came to him and said, this is a remote place. <laughs> and it's already getting late. Send the crowds away so they can go to the nearby farms and villages and buy something to eat. Go to the false prophets and the people who are making you empty promises who are feeding you a bunch of garbage. But Jesus said, you feed them. With what? We have six people. They asked, with what? We'd have to work for months to earn enough money to build, <laughs> to buy food for all these people that are coming. How much bread do you have? How much bread do you have? He asked, how much bread do you have? Go and find out what you got. Go and find out how much you got to work with. Then Jesus said they came back and they gave him a report. They said that we have five loaves of bread and two fish. And then Jesus told the disciples to have the people to sit down in groups. See, Jesus believes in order. Do everything decently and in order. So he told the disciples to have the people sit down in groups on the green grass. So they sat down in groups of 50 or 100. Jesus took the five loaves and two fish. That ain't a whole lot of food now. Anybody ever bought a loaf of bread? Anybody know what two fish look like? Didn't say if they were large. Didn't say if they were small. It just said he took what he had. He took five loaves and two fish, looked up. See, sometimes we forget to look up. <laughs> he looked up toward heaven and blessed them. He blessed what he had. And then breaking the loaves into pieces, he kept giving the bread to the disciples. He kept giving the bread to the disciples. He kept giving the bread to the disciples so that they could distribute it to the people. Oh, what a concept you never hear in church. Jesus said, you feel I've given you Huh? 
They've listened. I've equipped you as apostles. I've given you a place to come and learn and be taught and to teach. You see. So what you got in your hand, Moses? A staff. What you got? Go and, 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 and seek out the land. What you got out there? A whole lot of possibilities. You see. So Jesus gave them the bread to see anybody watching me when I'm here get some bronze. You feel You know the word, right? You've been taught the word, right? Can you teach the law of Christ? Can you teach love? But the question is, can you show it? He also divided the fish for everyone to share. They all ate as much as they wanted. How about that? You know how when you eat and you get full and, and you should stop eating? Don't, don't eat it. When you feel full, stop eating. Don't open. Everybody ate as much as they wanted to eat. Not what you forced down their throat to regurgitate, but what they wanted to eat, what they were able to receive, what they were able to swallow, what they were able to digest. Because sometimes you can't feed people too fast. Amen. That's what happened to me. I was like, okay, you got Jesus right. <laughs> no, God, no, no, you got to go They are hurting. First you got to feed the hurt. Then you got to feed the hunger. I now understand that. Seven years later. Total of 5,000 men and their families were fed, so that was a lot of people. Amen. With five loaves of bread and two fish. But once God gets a hold of it, it's called God's multiplication. Multiply, multiply, multiply. Divide, multiply, multiply, multiply. Divide the souls, multiply, multiply. Divide the words, multiply, multiply. Right into the divine word of truth. That's what God is doing. He's feeding us. He's giving us the bread, the food. It's our job to feed the people. You have to find out what you have first. Amen. What you're working with. And then report it back to Jesus. Jesus, this is what I have. I'm going to offer it to you. I often ask myself, who's on my team? In my new position at work, I got a whole lot of people on my team because one of the other seniors just quit. So I got more work to do. Thank you very much. Appreciate you. Welcome to management. 
See, I can afford to feed the 5,000, but I can't do it alone. I need your help. Amen. Disciples. Apostles, as some people call it. Apostles. I can feed 5,000 with God's blessing, but who's going to help me feed them? Any takers? Any volunteers? We, we don't need to? Okay, thank you. I'm like, okay, just two of us? I'm like, hold up now. Let me go back to the beginning of the message. God says, go ahead and use what you have. But before you step out there again, let me bless it first. When I was writing this message, I realized that back then, I didn't do that. I now realize that it's more than a notion to do something without asking God's blessing. I asked him to bless the church, but it's the people that came. I forgot that part right there. Okay. Yeah, thank you, God, but... I tried to put people in place who clearly were not ready. Some even admitted, uh, Pastor, I ain't ready for that. Yes, you are. You can do this. No, they weren't ready. Wish I'd listened back then. But I can't worry about that now. So before we move into 2018, I will ask God to bless what we have left. We are going into a new season of expansion. Feeding more people. The minor adjustments that we're making is not to remove anybody but to add to the pot. I haven't heard that from God, so I obey what God says. I don't make a move. I don't make any changes. I don't do a thing else until God say, go forth, daughter. <laughs> I have learned my lesson the hard way. We are very relevant in the season that we're in. We are not leaving our territory, amen? amen? The desires, we've claimed it. The relevance of our territory will eventually manifest in God's time. And when the season comes to add more staff, well, we'll add more staff. But we gotta get the people in here first. Amen. I used to attend a church where we had more, more ministers than, than, than people. It's like we're ministering to each other, which was fine. <laughs> Like that 12 ministers on the roster, we had three people in the audience. <laughs> but we look good. <laughs> we look good sitting in our little tab collars with our legs crossed looking important. Half of them didn't know Jack. They were just there. Just a show. But now I know. As long as God is with us, that's all that matters. 
all that matters. As long as my quest is relevant to my calling, that's all that matters. As long as my job is relevant to my purpose, that's all that matters. Careers change and some people retire, but my calling will last until the day I die. Amen. That's how serious I am about this journey. When I applied for the promotion, I accepted the charge, but I said, God, if it affects my ministry, I don't want it. If it affects me having to give up my obligation to the church, I don't want it. If it affects my schedule to where I have to work on Sundays, on Wednesdays after 7, I don't want it. If it affects my calling in any shape, form, or fashion, you can keep it. So when I went in for my second interview, they told me, well, your hours are 10.30 to 7, and you don't have to work past that. I'm on a rotative shift, but that's okay. Sundays were closed. We must get into a quiet place to hear God. And I'm taking my time with this message, and I'm almost done, because I want us to understand that we have a job to do, and I cannot do it alone. Mm -hmm. I could, but I'd have some woe-out shoes, some tired feet, calluses on my heels. We broke down, trying to manage and manage and manage and manage. But God says, you feed them, and I have sent you some help, so I want you to bless the people that you have left. God's voice is audible, but it's very We have to have a listening ear to hear his instructions. Divine connections is what I asked God for. He gave them to me. And I believe God will send others to help us accomplish the vision for this church. If you plant it right with a pencil, you can build it right with steel. If you plant it right with a pencil, you can build it right with steel. It's not magic, folks. <laughs> the church is not going to build itself. We have to be strategically intentional. God made the trees, but it's the humans that made the chairs. God made the earth but it's the humans that cultivate it. Everything begins with the seed. So the question is not what do we do with what we have left, the question is what are we willing to leave behind to get to where we're going. It's good to know that you have the support of the people that you serve, amen? amen. And I need more of that. So I'm going to be leaning on you in 2018. I'm probably going to get on your nerves. 
Uh, Sister Deirdre, I need for you to pass out these flyers for me, please. Uh, Deacon, I need for you to go uh, take a walk with me. We got stuff to do this week. Sister Marjorie, I, I, need, I need your help. I need for you to sing a couple of songs. I need you to travel with me. I need you to sing a couple of songs with me. Can, can you make it? Can you do that? Don't just tell me you're with me. Show me. William Charles Martin was a pastor of Grace Baptist Church back in the late 1800s. He wrote, I trust in God. I trust in God wherever I may be, upon the land or on the rolling sea. For come what may, from day to day my heavenly Father watches over me. He makes the rose an object of his care. He guides the eagle through the pathless air. And if he does that, and surely he remembers me, my heavenly Father watches over me. The valley may be dark, the shadow deep, but oh, the shepherd guards his lonely sheep. And through the gloom, he'll lead me home. My heavenly father watches over me. I trust in God. I know. I know he cares for me. On mountain bleak or on the stormy sea, though billows roll, he keeps my soul. My heavenly father watches over me. Can you relate? Can you relate to this hymn that was written over 100 years ago and it's still relevant? It's amazing how things are still relevant that was written so long ago. It's amazing how we read things that are still relevant to our lives today. Can you relate? Can you relate to this ever-changing world? One sort of preacher that says that sometimes you have to leave folks with the asses. <laughs> she was referring to the story of Abraham and how God asked him to sacrifice his son Isaac. He traveled with two other men. But he left them behind to stay with the donkeys because had he taken them up to the mountain, they may have stopped Abraham from his promise. My Lord. You gotta watch who you listen to because they could interfere with God's promise for your life. So Abraham left them with the asses to tend to the donkeys while he tended to God's business. And look how God blessed him. We can't get stuck with people who are not ready to move forward with us. Sometimes we have to let them go. Sometimes we have to leave them behind. They can catch up with us, but we can't keep dragging them along because they are slowing down our progress. So you have to obey God. Can you relate? Abraham had to obey God. God says, go sacrifice your son. Okay. 
Anybody trust God like that? I said, God, I don't want the job if it's going to interfere with what I'm doing for you. God said, I got you. And you ain't got to do none of the stuff that you were worried about. I got somebody for that too. So we have to obey God in obedience. Oh my gosh. How many times have we heard this? Obedience is what? Better than sacrifice. Take it from me. Solid rock. I have sacrificed enough because I was afraid of losing more people because of my stern approach. But I'm not afraid of losing anymore. I'm on the winning team because I'm on Team Christ. And as I've told others who have come and gone, I appreciate you being here. Praise God. I appreciate you being here. Praise God. I appreciate you being here. Praise God. I appreciate your contributions to this ministry. Praise God. It's not my church. It's church of the solid rock that God has allowed me to plant for such a time. Plant. For such a time, plant for such a time as this. And when it's time, God will increase us in numbers. But we have work to do too. See, God gives us the worm to eat. But we got to dig to get the worm. We know where the food is, but we got to go get it. So we can't say, God, I'm waiting on you. God says, I'm waiting on you. You make the first step and I'll do the rest. When you've been down as far as we have, <laughs> the only way is what? Up. So we are on the runway. Are you ready to soar? My Lord. Are you ready to take flight? Amen. Or will you remain on the runway? While the other planes are taking off. God tested Abraham's faith, but Abraham trusted God, didn't he? Do you trust God? Or do you trust your situation? I have been called to feed the people. We have been called to feed the people that are coming. And I pray that God will always have a relevant word for the house. Amen? Amen. For the word, for the world that we are in, for the season, whatever that season is. You know, we, we look at years. God looks at seasons. He said there's a time and place for everything, for every season, under the sun. Season, season, season. Our seasons can last a long time. One, year, one day is what, like a thousand years to God? That's a lot of years. It's a long time to wait, but we got to wait, amen? amen? Can you relate? So all your questions have been answered today. That's how I know God is in the house. When you come with a question and you leave with an answer. Amen. That's the way church ought to be. When you come with a question, you leave with an answer. That's the way church ought to be. That's the way worship should go. 
You shouldn't walk in confused and leave more confused. Come and get fed a proper meal. The word of God. Amen. For the people of God. Amen. Can you relate to this word today? I pray that it is so in our lives every day. God, thank you. Thank you for this word. Thank you for helping me to preach the word. To deliver the message. Thank you, Lord, for having faith in me. And thank you for trusting me with the word. Thank you, God, for appointing me to such a time as this for the people who need to hear a word from you. I thank you, God, for all that you have done in this place today. And I thank you, God, for allowing me to be a blessing to others as they are a blessing right back to me. We thank you, God, that you have given each of us assignments and that we won't take those assignments lightly. We thank you, God, for trusting us to do the work. And we ask you, God, to give us the strength to do the work. To give us the power to preach the gospel. Give us the resources to build your church. It is in Jesus' name we ask it all. Amen. Amen.